0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, you've entered in now into the possible zone. Let me remind you of something that the word of the Lord says. This is from the Phillips. Jesus replied, What men find impossible is perfectly possible with God. With God... There are no impossibilities. The impossibilities are only in the thinking of man. But if man will think in terms of higher thoughts and higher ways and God's thoughts, man will know that all things are possible to him that believeth. Your trust and your confidence in his faithfulness will turn what doctors say are impossible into an unction for those things to be removed and make the possible happened for you but trust me have faith in me and know that i am your father and i've got you and my hand is upon you in the midst of the midnight hour Do not draw back, do not cower, but arise, I say, arise in faith, and declare, it is well with my body, it is well with my soul, it is well with my children, it is well with my grandchildren, it is well with my nation, there are no impossibilities. For I trust Him. Now concerning the glory of the Lord and concerning an awakening and concerning a great revival, the same thing goes. With man, it looks impossible. But not with me, says the Lord. Now I want to remind you what He said before that he raised up Lazarus from the dead, he said that if you would believe, that you would see the glory of the Lord. So faith is required for an awakening. Faith is required for the supernatural to gain great momentum. So, lift up your hands, lift up your voice, and say, Thank God. I'm trusting God. I'm in faith, believing to see the glory of God in my life, in my church, through the church, and in this nation. I receive. Strength today. strength today. I receive healing today. I receive, healing today. I, receive I receive great grace this day. I believe I receive in Jesus name. Oh, lift your hands, lift your voice. Give him praise. Give him praise. So Som mingle But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Faith is the confidence. Faith is the foundation. But as you build yourselves up by praying in the Holy Ghost, you shall rise like an edifice higher and higher and higher and so shall you grow exceedingly in your walk with me and so shall you grow exceedingly in your love and in your walk of faith so pray much in the holy ghost in this day and this hour for you have need of being charged up you have need of being edified For there are many things out there in this world that would try to drain your strength. But I say unto you, I've got supernatural unction. I've got supernatural edification. I've got a charge for you that this world knows nothing about. So pray much in the Spirit. Yea, edify yourself in the Spirit. Build yourself up on your most holy faith. And then you shall go forth and the power of the Lord and the presence of the Lord and the glory of the Lord shall flow through thee and make you a great blessing to those that are around you. Go ahead and just stir yourself up a little bit. Go ahead and pray either in English or pray in the Spirit just for a moment. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, thank you for revelation. Revelation knowledge. Revelation knowledge will come to you. Things that need to be revealed will be revealed to you in that secret place of building yourself up. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, say it with me, for the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Say it one more time real strong. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Amen. Say it with me, the power of God and the glory of God is working in me now. Saturating my very being being. from the crown of my head unto the soles of my feet. The The anointing anointing. and the anointed one one is working in me now. The the Spirit Spirit. of the Lord Lord. is upon me. me. He is in me and He is working He's working, he's working, he's working. Well, thank God for that. Now, you may be seated. It's extremely important that once you receive in an atmosphere like this, in a spirit of praise and in worship, that you keep the switch of faith turned on all day long. All week long. Because God does some things in our lives that only he can do he may be taking care of some things in your body that you don't even know about hallelujah that's the kind of good god that we serve amen praise god praise god glory to god are you ready to get in the word open your bibles this morning to colossians chapter 1 And let's look at verse 9. Colossians, the first chapter. And verse 1 and verse 9. He says, For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The Apostle Paul writing and speaking by the spirit to the church of Colossae prayed this prayer that they would be filled unto overflowing with the knowledge of his will. This prayer is not just for the church at Colossae. This prayer is a prayer for the church in the Bay Area. It is God's will for us to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Amen. And one way and not the only way we can know the will of God and we can increase in the knowledge of God is to look at Jesus. You can know his will by just simply looking at him. Jesus reveals the will of God. Look at his life. Listen to his words. Watch him as he feeds the multitudes. Watch him as he raises the dead. Watch him. Listen to him as he teaches on the sower soweth the word. The master reveals the will of the father. As a matter of fact, in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3, just a part of that verse, it says that he is absolutely the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. He's the image of God's nature. He reflects the Father. You know, Philip came to him one day, and he said to the Master... Lord, show us the Father, and it will suffice us. Show us the Father. Jesus said in John 14, 9, have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen who? In other words, Jesus is saying, if you look at me, you're going to see Abba Father. He that has seen me. Has seen the Father. I got a question for you. Have you seen him lately? And then in verse ten, he says, Believeth thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Did Jesus do any works? He said, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall you do also. Amen. We see throughout the four gospels, the works of Jesus. And it is marvelous in our eyes. Amen. And it is a wonderful thing to behold Jesus. Amen. In John six thirty eight, think about this for a moment. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but I came down from heaven to do the will of him that sent me. So whatever Jesus did was the Father's will. Jesus did not live independent of his Father. He says, I always do those things that please my father. Whatever he tells me to do, I do. Whatever the father shows me to do, whatever I see him doing, that I do. Who glory to God. So we don't have to be confused on the will of God. We can look at Jesus. We can study his ministry. We can read the red And in reading the red, glory to God, we will see the goodness of the Father God. Let me just give you an example. Remember, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Well, we see what he did to the leper. In Matthew chapter 8. You notice this verse of scripture, Matthew chapter 8. When he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And there came a leper and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now what we're about to see is the Father's will done through the ministry of Christ. In verse 3, he said this. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will. I will. Be thou clean. And three years later, he was healed. No, the Bible says, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. That. I will settles it for me. If it's his will to heal lepers, it's his will to heal anybody and everybody that has sickness and disease. Somebody said, well, how can you say that? We can say it based on the word. In Matthew eight seventeen, he said himself took our infirmities And bear our sicknesses. Peter says. Who his own self bore our sins. In his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin. Should live to righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah said. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes. We are healed. Healing has been bought and paid for you on Calvary in his death his burial and his resurrection as much as your salvation has been bought and paid for F.F. Bosworth said in his book Christ the Healer Jesus Christ went to the cross spirit soul and body to redeem mankind spirit soul and body I am looking at a congregation today that is redeemed spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And the Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord... It says, let them say so. It doesn't let them think so. And let them think, oh, gee, great, that's wonderful. No, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord verbalize that they have been redeemed. When Jesus spoke to the leper, I will be thou clean. Another translation says, Of course I will. And so we see over and over again, Him going about doing good and ministering to those that were deaf, ministering to those that were blind, ministering to those that were hurting in their lives and lifting them and raising them. And he did so because it was his father's will. But another step we can take further, he did so because he was full of compassion. He saw mankind in their dilemma. He saw mankind hurting. And he came to do something about it. He didn't just... Sympathize with them and saying, bless your heart, you're doing badly, I'm so sorry. No, he did something about it. He stretched forth his hand, he healed, he ministered, and he blessed people. I know the will of God by looking at Jesus. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, this is right after that he was Anointed with the Spirit of God. Remember when Jesus came up out of the water in baptism? The Father said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am kind of pleased. No, he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now, notice with me, after he was filled, after he was anointed, He went into the desert. And in the desert he was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. But who came along to tempt him? Satan Satan came along to tempt him, to distract him, to draw him away from his mission and from his purpose here on earth. He literally tried to get Jesus to commit suicide. But Jesus said it is written three times. It is written, it is written, and is written, and the scripture says Satan left him for a more opportune time. But after he came out of the desert, he was empowered by the Spirit of God. And Jesus went to synagogue. Jesus didn't miss synagogue. So it was his custom was And so on Shabbat, he went into the synagogue and he found the book of Isaiah where it was written. And in Luke 4.18, he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because what? Because he has anointed me. Now let me ask you a question. What is the anointing and what uh, what does the anointing do the anointing destroys yokes and the anointing removes burdens and jesus said the holy spirit is upon me and the anointing is upon me To remove some burdens off of people's lives and destroy some yokes out of people's lives. So when we see what he was anointed to do, we need to know who it was that anointed him. It was his father that anointed him by the person of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Hallelujah. Oppression of the devil in any way, or in any fashion, or in any form is not the will of God. Now, if you're in one of those categories, God loves you, his hand is upon you, he's for you, and he wants to do something about it in your life. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the day of deliverance. God would have never anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power to go about doing good and heal all that were oppressed of the devil if it wasn't his will. You see what I'm saying? You see what the Holy Ghost is saying? We look at him and we see the will of God. And so this anointing, pull Luke four eighteen back up. He said, this spirit of the Lord is upon me Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to what? Heal the broken heart. heart. Will the anointing take a broken heart and make it whole again? Will the anointing take a broken life and make it whole again? How I many of you can raise a hand and say he's done that for me? Over and over and over again. Back in the 70s, my life was broken. I was on my way to hell. My soul was gone. But I had an encounter with the master. And he took my heart and he make it, made it whole again. And he's no respecter of persons. Oh, come on somebody. The anointing will remove the burden of brokenness. The anointing will destroy the yoke of brokenness. And there's nothing wrong with you admitting that you're broken. What's wrong is staying that way. Because heaven's help and heaven's anointing can work in you and do a work for you that no medicine can do that no therapy can do it is the anointing that destroys the yoke i'm not against therapy understand that and i'm not against medicine but we do not want to limit ourselves to those things when the anointing is available now Luke for 18 not that guy Luke 4:18. 18 he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach, now notice this, what? Preach what? Deliverance. Deliverance. Is it the will of God for people to be held captive by the enemy? No. It's not. What other captive, Whatever captivity there is, In a person's life, the anointing will deliver them. And recovering of sight to the blind. How many of you can say once you were blind? I mean spiritually. But now you can see. You know, the beautiful thing about having a relationship with Jesus is he'll help you to see more and more and more. He will increase you to a place where you get to a position of overflow of revelation knowledge. Now notice to set at liberty them that are bruised. So would you agree that the anointing is able to do those things? Now here's what I want you to see. The first one. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? Let's not forget the poor. I said, let's not forget the poor. And here's what I have in my notes. The same anointing that can destroy the yoke and remove the burden of lack and poverty is available to whosoever will believe you don't have to be poor you don't have to have lack in your life so that's one way we can see the will of God now look over at James 1 17 I just encourage you to keep looking at him just keep looking at Jesus keep studying the word amen in James 1.17, he said, Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. So we see then that every gift comes from him. It is a gift of God's grace. And God's grace gifts are received the same way they are received by faith. In Romans 5, 2, it says this, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The word access, we need to get some air flowing in here a little bit. The word access there means entrance. So we see then that faith gives us entrance It gives us access into all those good things that grace offers. Amen. For example, now, salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says this. For by grace are you saved through what? For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So salvation has been provided. How many folks are saved here this morning? Do you remember your salvation date? Do you remember the time, praise God, when you called on the name of the Lord? And he brought you out of darkness into the kingdom, the son of his love? Well, some of you can't remember, like Brenda can't remember. Because when she was a baby, I mean, she was in church the first day. Not the Church saves you, but she grew up in a in a place where they talked about salvation, so she just kind of flowed right into it. Amen. But the same grace that saves is the same grace that heals. How in the world could you believe in a God that you didn 't know whether it is His will to save you or to heal you or to fill you again, we can know the will of God by looking at Jesus and by looking at the word of God. Here's a statement. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Or we could say it this way. Faith begins where the word of God is known. Say that with me. Faith begins where the word of God is known. Now, back to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Verse 10, That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Now, pay attention to this one. And increasing in the knowledge of God. I wonder if it's possible for us to increase in the knowledge of God. Increase is a process. It's a day-by-day process. When I got saved, when I got born again, I had a certain amount of the knowledge of God, but now, 45 years later, I have more knowledge of His Word. I've increased in the knowledge of God's Word. And that's the plan of God. For every one of us to recognize where we're at, right? And not try to be somewhere we're not, to impress somebody. But take a good sober look at ourselves and understand, okay, this is where I'm at. But this is not where I'm going to stay. Now I think a mistake that is often made is we look at people that have been in ministry 50, 55 years and they've walked their inheritance out and they're walking in great, great blessings, amen? And we think that we should be where they are and we've only been saved a week. No, it's a process. It takes time. It takes time to grow in grace. And it takes time to grow in the knowledge of God and of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. But folks, I'm telling you, it's worth the investment of your time. It's worth the investment of your time to read a chapter in the Bible every day. It's worth the investment of your time to meditate on God's Word. It's worth it. You will avoid so much tragedy and so many things that would come your way. You will avoid those things or go through those things because you've made a commitment to put God first, to put his word first, and to, to submit yourself to the process of growing up in him. And then some folks, you know, they just don't believe this. And that's okay. We're not going to argue with people that don't believe the same way we do, are we? Why? Because we're all going to get to heaven sooner or later. Hopefully. All of us are going to get to heaven. And some of the folks that don't agree with you might be your neighbors. Right? So, if they're your neighbors in heaven, you know, you're not going to walk out of your mansion down the street and look the other way when you see them. No, you're going to love them, aren't you? Well, if you're going to love them now, why not start loving them right now? Uh, loving them then, why not start loving them right now? Yeah, but we just, we just don't agree. Well, how many of you know you don't have to agree on everything? One thing you can agree on is you can agree to disagree, but be nice about it. So not everybody is going to believe the way that you do or believe the way that I do. Oftentimes they'll come up with scriptures like Isaiah 55, which says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. The heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I mean, some people think that his thoughts are too high, so why even try listen to this statement understand this it is not him putting a limitation on us but him giving us an invitation to tap into his thoughts and we have 66 books of his thoughts his word reveals his will Folks, on the heels of the pandemic, this pandemic has not been fun. We got shut down, right? Um, I mean, I don't want to go into it any further. But this pandemic has not been of God. (laughs) But I will tell you one thing. On the heels of this pandemic, people... Want to know the truth. Are you listening? They want to know what God says about salvation. People want to know what God says about healing. People want to know what God's word says about abundance. People, folks, people are hungry. I mean you're always going to run into people that are not, but I believe in my heart that there's more hungry people out there than there are reprobates. That's right. The reprobates you will have with you always. You pray over them in the name of Jesus, but be led by the Spirit of God because there's hungry people outside of these walls. And you may not be a scriptorian, you may not have been to Bible school. You may not have all of your you know your dots and your everything t's crossed, but one thing you have is you have the New Testament. And one way that you can point people to the will of God is just show them Jesus. This is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus did, and Jesus will do it for you. On the heels of the pandemic, I'm telling you, people are hungry. They are ready. They're tired of being locked up in their homes. They're tired about critical race theory. They're tired of abortion. They're tired. Are you listening? People want to know the truth. And what will the truth do? The truth shall make you free. We are not under some sort of tyrannical bondage. We are under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, being filled with the knowledge of his will puts us in a place where we can't be talked out of it. Abraham was like that. You see the story of Abraham in verse 17 through 21 in Romans 4? He says, is written, As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Amen. Verse 18. Who against hope, in other words, when all natural hope was gone, he put his faith in a supernatural hope. He put his faith in expecting God. Amen. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. God said, you are the father of many nations. His body said, you're not. He looked at Sarah and said, she can't. But don't you know, there was quite a stir going on down at the clinic when she walked in pregnant. (laughs) who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of nation, many nations according to that which was what? He had heard it. So shall thy seed be. Next verse. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body when he was about a hundred years old. Neither the, yet, the, the, the deadness of Sarah's womb. Think about it he had every reason to fold he had every reason to waver but he chose not to consider those things but rather he chose to consider what god had said if it worked for abraham it'll work for you now notice the next verse it says he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief but what was he One translation says he grew stronger and stronger in faith. I believe he grew stronger and stronger in faith over a process of time. He grew strong in faith. How did he do that? He gave. Once you believe, once you receive, once you know that you know that you know that it's done, Consider not, stagger not, get over on hallelujah hallway and rejoice in the Lord your God and minister some praise and give God the glory. Give him the glory before your Isaac is born and you will surely see your Isaac born. Hallelujah. I think we can give him about 10 minutes of uninhibited praise right now. Glory to God. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. What are you believing for? What are you standing for? Come on, Saints, let's do a little bit better. Let's give Him praise. Woo, hallelujah. E ramasaramato celebrede. Yengle basomre and as you do you will get stronger and stronger in faith and the glory and the glory of the lord shall rest upon you And when symptoms and circumstances say, no way, you'll just lift up your voice and laugh and say, Yahweh. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You'll say, thank God it's mine. I have it now. I'm going to shout it from the mountaintops. I'm going to shout it from the north, the south, the east and west. God is at work in me. I refuse to consider. I refuse to stagger. I'm strong in faith. Giving glory. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. Strengthened. Strengthened. Strengthen and so shall you be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. And your very being will be flooded and full of the Master Himself. Will be filled with God Himself. You shall be filled with. And filled and filled until you reach the top, and then you start overflowing. Overflow, overflow. Ooh, my my my. Lo, ho, ho. glory to God. So consider not, consider not, stagger not. Yeah, the, yeah, but Pastor, there's a lot to consider. I know there's the symptoms. I've dealt with them many a year. I know they're there. But there's more to consider than that. We are to consider Jesus. The apostle and high priest of our confession. Consider what He has done. And rejoice in it yeah. hallelujah Amen. thank you Lord. pray a little bit Amen. glory to God Abraham was strong in faith, giving who glory <laughs> glory glory it's just as easy to say glory and oh it's so gory no glory glory to God this thing's turning around it's turning around my family's turning around we got so many reports in the last couple of weeks here. I mean, to tell you, if you didn't know better, you'd just go in your room and put the covers over your head and cry about what people are going through, about all the onslaughts of the enemy. But God. But God. But God, who is rich in his mercy... do not draw back when those times come, but go to the meeting place, come boldly to the throne of grace, go into the secret place and find yourself some faith buddies and come together and pray and agree and shout and dance this is what we did a few days ago in our staff meeting and i'm telling you what i can't tell you the story but i'm telling you what this thing turned around what the enemy meant for evil has turned around for the glory of god That's just one situation. There's other situations that I cannot talk about, but I'm telling you what, what I do when I get into that place, instead of going into my room and putting the covers over my head and crying, I get over on the dance floor and I start giving God praise. But not only that, I take my seat of authority, which we've been talking about. And I say in the name of Jesus, I hold the blood of Jesus. Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. I bind you. You got to take your hands off of my loved ones. Take your hands off. And you know what? It works. I've seen at least three things turn around already. Hallelujah. God's no respecter of persons. But he is a respecter of your faith. So Abraham was strong in faith. And what did he do? Now notice this last phrase. And being fully persuaded. That what he had already promised. He was able. He was able to perform. Did God perform it? He did. But there was cooperation with Abraham and Sarah. The word fully persuaded means he was completely sure. He was convinced. He was absolutely convinced. He believed two things. Number one, he believed that God was able. Number two he believed that God was willing. He evidently got filled to the top with the knowledge of his will increasing. He couldn't be talked out of it. Now, I saw three things about this, and I'll be done in three minutes. So who'll give me three minutes? Three, six, nine, twelve? That's an old Mario Marillo joke. I'm just kidding. I saw three things. Number one, I saw that many Christians are not persuaded at all. No condemnation. My people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. The cure for a lack of knowledge is get knowledge, right? And many Christians aren't persuaded because they've been taught wrong. The traditions of man. So the antidote for the traditions of man is the truth of God's word. How many of you know you've got to unlearn some things before you can learn them? And then, some folks are not persuaded because they don't want to be. It's just old-fashioned unbelief. Number two, I saw this, that many are partially persuaded. You ever been there? I'll raise both hands i've been partially persuaded before but being partially persuaded what that does is that leaves room for us to waver right we won't talk about that anymore because you know and then there are those that are fully persuaded and here's what the lord showed me are you ready how do we get fully persuaded? Number one, know what he said. Number two, meditate on what he said. Yeah. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest be able to observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you will make you way prosperous and you will have good success. Meditation means to think upon, to utter, to chew on, and to speak forth what his word says so know his word number two meditate on his word and number three believe and say what he said is that easy mark eleven twenty three says for verily i say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall what believe. but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass what will he have he shall have whatsoever he said. So find what he said, meditate on what he said, believe what he said, and say what he said. And then number four, act on what he said. Yes. James one twenty two. but be ye doers of the word of God and not hearers only. Listen to this. Abraham acted by not considering and not staggering and giving glory to God. This is just the beginning of a brand new series. I thank you that you were here today and that you heard the word of God. I hope you got something out of it. In Jesus' name. To God be the glory. To God be the glory.